All right, and welcome back to another episode of the HFW Industry Shop Talk podcast. This is the first episode of 2023, and also the first episode with an external guest. Uh, we're happy to have Todd Tevens of Lolly Retirement Advisors with us today. Um, and so, the real what we want to do with this discussion uh, is just a general oversight of um, the 401k program that HFW offers. Um, for our younger guys explaining what it is. Um, and then for our more experienced people, people that are mid-career or, or even thinking about retiring in the near future, talk about what you want, might want to consider. Um, have a quick recap of the year, um, the year that we just closed in 2022. Look forward to what's in 2023. Uh, and then resources available to HFW employees. We, we want this podcast to really be, uh, to offer a, a baseline level of knowledge uh, where you can go as a reference um, just to get some information about the general framework of the 401k program and then where to go if you have additional questions. Uh, and so with that, Todd, thanks for being here today. Hey, good morning, Jack. Thanks for having me. So let's dive right into, you know, last year for us was, was a good year. We added a number of new people. Uh, a lot of those people, very young, uh, this is their first or second career uh, or position in their career. So can you first explain the basic premise of the 401k program, um, what it's trying to do, and then uh, what people should think about as they're starting out their career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the 401k was started back in 1979, 1980, um, and it really has risen to the top in terms of a savings vehicle for the American workforce, for their future. So if you think about your 401k plan, you really want to think about how can I replace my income when I'm 65 or 70 years old? And this is the most popular and prevalent vehicle here in the United States of America today. So the 401k is an employer-sponsored plan that gives us as workers, as employees, the ability to save for our future. And we can control that. Uh, so as, as a HFW employee in your 401k plan, you can choose... A, do I want to participate, which of course we would encourage you highly to participate because retirement is a reality, number one. And number two, you can choose how much you'd like to save. And I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, and number three, you can choose how do I want to invest it, right? So once you've established, I want to participate in my 401k plan, it's very easy for me to do because my employer sponsors it. It's automatically payroll deducted. I don't need to worry about writing a check to Fidelity, for example. Instead, it's going to go automatically from my paycheck right to Fidelity for my future. All right. You also want to then determine how you want to invest that money. All right. You can choose from a wide array of mutual funds within your 401k plan. And then as you think about it, if you fast forward to, you know, down the road in the future when you're approaching retirement, how do I want to take it out? How do I myself want to use my 401k assets I've accumulated over time and, and replace my income when I do retire? So it really has become the easiest method for an employee to save for their future. Um, it's, it's, it's now the largest nest egg of the American population. If you think about assets we save during our lifetime, your retirement plan traditionally is, tends to be your largest savings vehicle, absent your home value potentially as well. Right. So with an employer-sponsored plan in particular, why is it advantageous to take to participate in the program, uh, and especially if you're a younger employee, to start early? Time is the, time is the most powerful piece to this. It's uh, the old adage, it's, it's, um, it's time in the market, meaning how long am I invested versus trying to market time or try to buy a fund at a certain time period, as we learned in, in 2022, that's very hard. So the way the 401k works 
is when you save in your 401k plan, you're able to save one of two ways personally. So my money that's going into my plan coming from my paycheck. Traditionally, since the 401k started in 1980, we've been training people and we've been trained ourselves. The 401k is so powerful because it's a pre-tax contribution, right? So when my money goes into my 401k plan, if I've elected to save before I pay taxes, I don't pay any state taxes on that contribution nor any federal taxes on that contribution. Let's just take an example. Let's say I earn $30,000 a year. Let's just throw a number out there. I save $1,000 into my 401k during that year. Well, the government's going to tax me on $29,000. So I'm actually reducing my taxable income while saving in my 401k for my future. So really, it's a win-win, right? You're, You're saving for your future self while also paying less in tax liability potentially. So the pre-tax contribution has been uh, kind of the, where the 401k started. So if you think about it, though, if I'm deferring my taxes today, meaning I'm not paying taxes on those contributions at the federal and state level, move ahead to retirement age when I start to take them out, at that point, what happens? Uncle Sam's going to want their tax revenue, right? So you're taxed in the future. So Jack, the thought is I'm going to defer taxes today, reduce my taxable income, I'm going to work my career, keep saving in my 401k plan. When I go to retire, people think that they're probably going to be in a lower tax bracket. So you may pay less in taxes at retirement age because you're no longer working, generating income, and you're reducing your tax liability. So it's very tax advantageous, number one. Number two, it's easy as we talked about. The alternative that we've brought to the HFW plan more recently Back, I think it was late 2000s, we added uh, the ability to do Roth after-tax contribution. This goes back to your question about the younger worker, right? How, how could not only the time in the market, but what other tax things should we be thinking about as savers? Um, we talked about the pre-tax. You also have a Roth 401k option. It's the same 401k. It's all under the same HFW plan. It's just a different way that we're able to save our money. Instead of pre-tax, it's after-tax. So when if I elect to do a Roth contribution, now I'm going to actually pay my tax liability today. All right, so that dollar that's being invested in my 401k plan, I've paid state taxes and federal taxes on those dollars. All right, now the beautiful thing about Roth is, fast forward again during your career, 25, 30 years, you now go to retire, you take that those Roth 401k dollars out, you don't pay taxes on any of the amount of money you contributed, nor any market growth or appreciation. Tax-free growth. That goes back to the power of time. So in our business, I've been doing this for over 20 years. We are starting to see the younger workers saying, well, wait a minute. I know my tax rate today, what am I, my, my usually, you know, if you're late 20s, whatever it might be, you know, you might be just getting into your career. So your earnings potential is growing as you, you know, you continue on through your career path. Right now, you might be willing to say, I will absorb that tax liability today to get 40 years of tax-free growth. That will more than make up, yeah. right? That tax hit today. Right. So Ross, good, pretty powerful too. Especially when you're younger, because you're probably, ideally, you're, you're not, like you just said, you're not at you're at the lower point of what you will make in your career. So you're, you're paying the lower amount on taxes. And then as it grows, you're, it's growing tax-free. Exactly right. So, so that's exactly how that would work. Now, there is a qualification with the Roth 401k. 
Um, the only qualification is that you have to have a dollar invested in the Roth 401k quote unquote bucket for five years before you could take it out tax-free. So for a 30 year old or, you know, that's not going to be an issue. Um, and that's where my team can really come in and help analyze is this pre-tax makes sense or after tax contributions make sense. Um, but I don't want people to be confused because some of the feedback we get is, well, is that separate from my current 401k at HFW? No, it's just definitely a separate bucket of money, if you will. You, know, you have your pre-tax contribution, any HFW contributions, which we know is a very generous uh, contribution level in the form of an employer match. And then you have the after-tax. So let's talk about the plan and the match a little bit more, just yeah. for someone that's that's brand new uh, to the program and, and maybe doesn't understand the specifics. What what goes into that plan and, and what at HFW what um, what what are you entitled to as an HFW employee? Yeah, so obviously we encourage everybody to enroll first and foremost. And um, employers today, you know, have the opportunity to provide a contribution to their employees for their retirement, and HFW does that here and has historically done that. Now we did. Um, uh, alter or change the, the, the formula to a match formula. So now if I'm a participant in the HFW retirement plan, um, HFW will match me 50% of my contribution rate up to a 6% cap of my pay. So think of it this way. Every dollar I contribute, I'm going to get 50 cents on every dollar, okay, up to 6% of my pay. So if I put 6% of my pay away, HFW is going to contribute 3%. All right. So that's an immediate 50% rate of return on your money you're investing, if you think about it. Where could you get that today? So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice benefit to really take advantage of. So your question is, what do I need to be thinking about when I initially try to enroll or I'm just revisiting my, as we enter the new year, we always suggest people revisit their retirement plan and how much they're saving and in their investments. Right now, you want to ask yourself, am I contributing up to 6% to get the maximum employer contribution? And the second question you want to ask, if I am doing that, can I really take that next step and, and increase my contribution by 1%? Because that's really what drives success. It's not the market performance because the funds will go up and down. We'll talk about that in a minute. But really what really dictates our future success is going to be increasing your contribution rate. So you, the first thing is you want to make sure that you're maxing out what HFW's max. So you at least want to be at the six percent, but especially early on, you know, maybe before you have kids, before you have, you know, things like a mortgage or something like that, you really kind of want to be as aggressive as possible in saving and, and trying to get that percentage as high as you can. You're exactly right. Life takes over, right? All of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you have different life events. Um, things are popping in, whether it's college education. What we're finding also is um, folks are taking care of their parents. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, and it's become pretty much a financial uh, burden potentially. So you do, you're, you're exactly right. If you have the wherewithal today, it, it's to put away as much as you can. And that might be one less trip to Tim Hortons or Starbucks to put an extra $10 per pay period away. Because remember, if you're doing pre-tax, a $10 increase isn't going to cost you $10 out of your take-home pay because of the federal and state tax savings. It might cost you $7. So yes, you're exactly right. Get into the plan while you can. Try to at least minimally look at a 6% contribution weight to maximize your, your, your employer match. And then every year ask yourself, could I take that 1% challenge? Awesome. So you, you wanted to mention before we talk about someone that's maybe mid-career, you want to mention the emergency savings plan and what you would consider there, um, especially for someone younger, but really for anyone. Yeah, exactly right for anyone. And we get a lot of questions and, and, and we manage you know, a number of plans throughout the area. And a common thing, a theme that we continue to 
be asked by plan participants is, do I have access to these dollars? And, and short answer is yes, but it could be very prohibitive uh, because of the tax penalties and, and really you're impacting your retirement savings, right? Yeah. You want to save for your future. So what we always recommend is you have some type of a emergency savings account that you've established that's um, you know created for those un- um, unforeseen events like do I need to fix my car or you know replace the washer dryer whatever have you a large expenditure so you know there's a lot of studies out there as how much should I have in my emergency savings account and those range anywhere from three months to six months of pay just to really give yourself a cushion in an unforeseen event. So yes, I would encourage everybody as you're thinking about your holistic financial picture, your your whole financial kind of approach here, uh, make sure you have a savings account established for those unforeseen events for sure. Yeah, because the 401k ideally is is for just retirement. It really shouldn't, you don't want that to be your emergency savings because that, that's going to penalize you now, but also penalize you in the future as well. Exactly. And that, that's exactly right. So if you have a situation where, um, you know, you, you can control your 401k, meaning you can change your contribution rate at any time. You know, we can go up, we can go down. So there is some control, but in terms of access, accessing the dollars that you have in there, it really is, it's, it's prohibitive from a tax perspective because it'll be a penalty uh, and uh, for your future self. So having that a savings account established, hopefully will avoid you having to touch this until you're 65, 67, or 70 years old. Okay, great. So let's move now into that mid-career. Um, maybe you have kids, uh, a mortgage or, or rent or what have you. What should you be looking at? In, in, you talked about that mid-career, um, probably starting to reach the top of your, what you're earning. What should you think about in that position? Sure. So some of the things where you're you're in the midpoint of your career path or really in your highest earnings years or in what we call the accumulation stage, you're starting to put significant dollars away or you've accumulated significant dollars with market growth. You know, one of the things you always certainly still want to revisit uh, is really continues to go back to two things. Um, Fidelity, who's our retirement 401k provider here at HFW, put together a study. And what they say is in order to you know, ultimately the goal of the 401k is to replace your paycheck, replace your income in retirement. Um, and if you're trying to live a similar standard of life as you do today while you're earning income in retirement, you really need to be thinking about replacing 85% of what you take home today in, in retirement. Mm-hmm. So you could break that out to annual, monthly, semi, you know, monthly, bi-weekly, however you want to do it. You want to take that 85% figure and ask yourself, how do I get there? You know, I've, I'm in the plan, I'm saving. And what studies are telling us, in order to hit that 85% replacement of my paycheck in retirement, I need to be at a 15% savings rate. All right, so think about where we're at. If I'm at 6%, my personal contribution, HFW is giving me three, I'm at nine, I need to get myself up. So by, by increasing your contribution rate during those accumulation years, should hopefully meet your objective. So number one is revisiting your contribution during your accumulation stage, that midpoint of your career. Because what happens is inertia takes over. We enroll in the plan, you know, when we first get hired and what happens? Life takes over and we forget, oh man, I need to revisit things. So revisiting your contribution, right? Second thing is a lot can happen between the time you enroll and the time you're 45 years old, <laughs> like me. You know, you do have children, you get married. Make sure your beneficiary is up to date on your account. Okay. So when you enroll in the plan, one of the biggest steps is not only pick your 
uh, percentage you want to save, pick your investments, but also name a beneficiary and keep that beneficiary current. So that's very important to keep that up to date for a life-changing event. Um, because what happens is your beneficiary that you have in your 401k supersedes anything else, whether you have a will or not. So that would be my second bit of advice is make sure you're updating your beneficiary as you're in those, you know, as you go throughout your career path. And then finally, the third piece really is how do I start to think about social security? And that might, you know, that's kind of where we get to that next stage in the career path is kind of that on the other end is retirement, right? So how do I start to think about other sources of income I may or may not have? And how does that factor in to my retirement needs? So those are coming to some of the things that we're talking consistently with uh, individuals at that, at that middle point of their career. Awesome. Well, I guess that you kind of even started there it leads us to the last stage, which is starting to get near, near retirement age, 60, 65. Um, you're thinking what comes next? What, I mean, that's obviously a very an exciting but a scary point in time in your life. What should you think about from a retirement and a four hundred one k perspective? There, yeah, I like how you put that. It, it is it's exciting, but at the same time, could be confusing, right? There's a lot of moving parts. Um, so, as you're thinking about the next stage of your life, and that would be that retirement time frame, um, you do want to think about. The nice thing is, you don't have to take any action right away. That's mm-hmm. the beautiful thing. Within your 401k plan, you know, you can control your destiny in a sense, um, where now you can then begin to say, okay, um, one of the first things we always suggest people do is confirm their social security payment, right? And that you can simply go to ssa.gov and you can actually pull your earnings history and to the penny what your social security benefit will be on a monthly basis. So that's kind of your baseline, right? So at least you have a baseline income stream coming in and you know what that number is. And then you need to factor in, okay, I need to re- I need to add to that off my 401k plan. So how can I start to effectively take distributions? And, and that's the nice thing. The 401k industry has evolved. When you left your employer, when I first got in the business, you didn't have much choice. Here at HFW, we've given the individual choice where now they can say, you know what? I'm no longer employed. I'm retired. What do I want to do with my money? You can leave your money in the 401k plan here and simply withdraw money on a periodic basis to replace your paycheck in essence. So you really want to understand what your withdrawal options are and of course a dollar amount that you can afford to take out. Um, and that's where there's some great tools and resources uh, at both at Lolly that we provide, but also at just generally on the website at Fidelity. Uh, there's some great retirement income planning tools that you can really tap into. Uh, but that decumulation, you want to think about social security, confirm what your benefit will be, Remember in social security, you have a couple of options. You can take it early, you can take it on time, or you can delay it. So basically it's 65, 67, and 70 are the ages you can really tap into social security. All right. And you'd be penalized if you take it early by about a 20% reduction per month. Right? So that's significant. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. So you want to think about that. And if you delay it till 70, you can actually get a raise by about 20% per month. So just understanding the dynamics there. Okay. And we just had a, a guy that had been here for 43 years retired. I know one thing that he had done um, that he said worked well for him is tried to live on that retirement income for a year before he actually retired and see, can we do it? Is that realistic? Because I think when you, you have numbers on a piece of paper, that's one thing. Living life is a whole different thing. You see everything. You forget everything you spend money on in a month. Um, so kind of having that plan ahead of time, which is, I'm sure, available on 
those different kind of ideas are available on Fidelity and in your website as well. I think gaining experience is great, just like you just described. Described, you know, if you can get comfortable with that stream of income that you're anticipating in retirement for a year in advance, that's great. And that also goes back to budgeting, right? And that's one of the biggest pieces that's often overlooked is helping people understand what are their expenses, what are their expenses going to be today, what are they going to be in retirement. All right. So uh, that's a lot of, we've spent a lot of time with individuals, helping them understand and doing a budget. The largest piece of expenses in retirement will be healthcare and healthcare costs are going up at alarming rates, right? <laughs> so helping them understand that that dynamic and, and getting down to basics of budgeting really would hopefully quell some of those concerns. What am I, can I, am I prepared? Can I afford to? Step one is really getting our arms around expenses. You're right. Absolutely. Well, I guess to, to shift into a little bit uh, less enjoyable of a discussion, uh, let's review the year that was 2022 um, and then what we're looking forward to or what we can maybe expect in 2023. 2022 threw a lot at people, I think. You had inflation, you had the market was not a very, had, did not have a very good year. Um, what, what are, when you look back, what are you seeing? What, what should people consider? And then what, as you're looking ahead, what, um, what do you see uh, on the horizon in 2023? Yeah, the market uh, really was was very, very volatile um, last year. We had significant peaks and valleys throughout the entire year. I'm talking one to two percentage point swings on market performance a day. We haven't seen this since the 80s. So this has been, it was a crazy year. And a lot of it, like you said, Jack, was driven by uh, the extraordinary inflation hovering north of 8% in the summer. You know, we're back down to, you know, somewhere in that 6% range right now, driven by the interest rate environment. Um, a lot of the geopolitical issues, uh, you know, across our, our globe and, and the, unfortunately the, the rise of energy prices overseas in Europe due to the Ukrainian war. So a lot of these factors are, are impl- impacting our markets, not only here domestically, but also overseas. So the market was down last year, the S&P 500, which is a really good indicator of how our domestic markets did here in the U.S., was down 19.5% for the year. 19.5%. I'll call it 20, it's called the 20%. Um, the NASDAQ, which is another benchmark, um, heavily laden with uh, growth-oriented industries, technology, for example, that was down 33%. Um, so when you open your January mm-hmm. statement here or you went online and looked at your performance, unfortunately, you probably did see red, right? We yeah. saw some negative returns. Um, and the markets do go in cycles. They go up and down. Um, usually, traditionally, it's every five to seven years, we have what we call a correction where we have a, a decrease of about 20% or more. Um, but we went on a path you know, of about 12 years where we didn't see a correction. Even with COVID, you know, we rebounded tremendously in end of the year positive back in 2021. So 2022 is wild. Um, I think uh, with all of the uncertainty around interest rates and inflation and the federal uh, Federal Reserve uh, actions, I think that drove a lot of it. Um, so what I help people try to do is go back to the basics. Go back to two things. Number one is identify what type of investor you are based on your risk, right? Mm-hmm. It's called risk tolerance, meaning you may be aggressive, I might be conservative, someone but you might be in the middle, right? Are you an aggressive investor? Are you conservative or something in between? Um, so that's number one. We want people to understand that because coming off of 12 consecutive years of really good performance, all of a sudden we hit a little bit of an icy patch. Huh. Guess what happens? 
people thought they were aggressive and all of a sudden they're down 20% last year, they might have a different approach or a different thought to the markets. So going back to your risk tolerance is number one. Number two is your time horizon. How much time do I have to go until I want to hit the end zone and retire? Those are the two biggest factors with investing. It's, it's your time horizon and identifying risk tolerance. So helping people understand those two things, putting together an investment mix that accomplishes and meets those two objectives is really the goal. So 2023, we hope it's a better year. Um, you know, it started off a little, still a little choppy, uh, but um, you know, what I think we've noticed as investors and in talking to the investor community is a couple of things. Um, Number one, investors are looking for some level of comfort. And where do you find comfort? Well, you find comfort in um, companies who pay dividends, for example. That's a value company. Um, and, and so we, we're, we're looking at value companies doing pretty, hoping to do pretty well this year, probably outperforming growth again because people are looking for that dividend. Um, domestic, you know, outperforming international. International markets have a tendency to kind of trail us here in the United States by, by a good portion, about five years. So we expect international to continue to be volatile. But in your 401k plan, you know, you really want to make sure you're building a diversified portfolio. You know, you don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And um, what we have here at HFW is you have a target date solution by Vanguard, right? Where if you ask yourself the question, what type of investor am I? Do I want to take a more active role in managing my funds and picking and choosing and doing the research? Then you're a, I'm going to do it myself investor, right? I'm going to do that work. Or I'll work with Todd at Lolly and we'll build something. Investor number two says, I understand I got to get the plan. I got to save. I don't have the time to figure out the dynamics of the market and how it's going to impact, but I know I need to get invested. I need to be diversified. That's a do it for me investor. That's where the target date funds really fit. Jack. So target day funds are something that really gives strong consideration to, to help. And it factors in that risk based on your age, based on your, it takes care of a lot of that for you. So, so the more aggressive people you're, you're looking at your account, it probably was down a little bit more last year, but that that's by design. That's, you know, you, it's that risk tolerance that you're, you're speaking to. Exactly. It brings those two things right into play. So how a target day fund works is based on your age, uh, Vanguard makes an assumption you're going to retire around 67 years old. So if you're a younger worker just jumping in at 23, 24 years old, you're going to be more aggressive today. But what we need to be doing over time, we should be moving our assets more conservative because we don't have that time anymore. Uh, unfortunately, again, we, what we find is behaviorally, people forget to do that. So that takes the burden, the target date fund investment by Vanguard takes the burden off your shoulders in essence and puts it on theirs, right? So Vanguard is going to take that responsibility to de-risk you as you get closer to the goal line. Well, I, I think you mentioned something right there that's important to touch on real quick too is the behavior aspect of it. When you when you open up your account or you get your statement and you see that it was down twenty percent, that's pretty scary. But the, I think the the important thing, like you said, is to evaluate where you are. You know, like your age, your risk tolerance, and and put it in perspective. Like you just said, that's the worst we've seen in at least twelve years. Mm -hmm. That's not normal. So it's just important to not take one, you, you see the, you see the dollar loss or the percentage loss. It's not pretty, but it's important to keep it in perspective as well. We're emotional, right? We're emotional people. We are. So, so, um, when we, what we find is, uh, sometimes emotion does take over in the investment world, the 401k world. Um, so target day funds will 
kind of quell some of that or, 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 you know, address that emotion by keeping you on a path. Okay. Um, on the flip side though, like you mentioned, if I get my statement at home or I go online and happen to review my performance, you know, I, I might become emotional and panic and, um, do what I shouldn't do. So think about the old adage, buy low, sell high. In essence, what we're doing in our 401k plans on a regular basis is we're buying per pay period, right? Every pay period, we're putting money away in our 401k. So we're buying into our investments at different price points. Well, right now, things are on 20 sale, 20% if you think about it. They're off 20%. However, you know, the emotion does take over sometimes. We have to kind of calm people down and help them understand. Um, yeah, right now you're down, but look at the past, look at past performance and you're still buying at a low price point. Awesome. I think this has been great. One last thing before we go, what resources are available to anyone at HFW? When you, if they have a question, if they want to learn more about something, uh, what should they, how should they approach that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, there's, there's two resources, actually three. I think there's three main resources to think about when you think about access to information in your 401k. You have your employer. You have a great team here that you can come to with questions. Okay. Internally about more admin related things, payroll things. Um, when it comes to investment allocation, Roth first pre-tax, um, questions about distribution or retirement income planning. That's where my team and myself at Lawley Retirement Advisors, where we're on site twice a year doing those individual meetings. I would encourage everybody to sign up for those. When you see that sheet come around, that time where the team passes out, make sure you, you, you sign up and take advantage of that. But also you can call us anytime. We're available. You know, so we take calls incoming for participants every day. As you can imagine, we, our call volume was up last year with the volatility. <laughs> um, so yes, we're a resource to talk through. Am I saving enough? Am I invested appropriately? I'm thinking about retirement, Todd. What, what should I be thinking about? That's where my team can help. And of course, the chassis to the 401k plan is Fidelity, right? That's where your money is. That's where your statements are. That's the website. The mobile app is strong. So if you haven't been to netbenefits.com or downloaded the Net Benefits app, you can accomplish everything right on your mobile app. As a matter of fact, I was looking at some interesting things before I came. Um, and I noticed um, within HFW, 90% of the participants in the plan are engaged with the Fidelity tool. Really strong. That's really strong numbers compared to what we see within our block of business at Lolly Retirement. And of those 90%, 75% are on a mobile device. Right? We have Dana to thank for that. <laughs> and we all have a smartphone. So it's just right. Here. So yes. Yeah, so the good news is you have an engaged population. So I would encourage folks to continue to use the tools and resources at Fidelity. There are calculators that will show you what I, the biggest question I get is, Todd, if I'm thinking about increasing my contribution, how's that going to impact my take-home pay? <laughs> so the old paycheck impact calculator is there. Roth versus pre-tax calculator is there. Wow. So there's unbelievable good tools and resources. And also our industry has gone towards a holistic, almost a financial wellness approach. So now you can factor in budgeting, debt management, all right? You can start to do some of these, these planning tools in advance or, or in preparation for retirement, or if you're just getting started, how much should you be saving? So Fidelity is an unbelievable tool and that's available on netbenefits.com or the mobile app. Yeah. I think the, just the one point I would make there too is that that is why we have you here. That is why yeah, HFW, we're very, we're, this is something that's very important to us, making sure that all of our people are taken care of. And this is why we have Lolly available and, and Utah available. And we want to make sure that people use that resource um, to their advantage because you guys are a great, something, something we've had a relationship for a long time. 
Um, so just, you know, do not be afraid to uh, talk to Todd, talk to anyone at Lolly, talk to um, someone here at HFW that can connect you with anyone at Lolly based on your needs. Um, that's what you guys are here for. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And then we're a resource. We're an advocate, number one, and a resource for, for the employees. So no question is a dumb one. So please feel free to reach out at any time. Um, we're here to help you navigate the 401k plan for sure. Well, Todd, I think this has been a great discussion, hopefully insightful and informative, especially to uh, someone that's maybe not super familiar with the program or someone that had just had a general question. Um, any last thoughts or comments you have before we go? Let's hope 2023 is a better year from a market performance <laughs> wise, right? Yeah. Uh, but if I could just do the last two housekeeping items again, revisit your contribution rate, right? Ask yourself, can I take the 1% challenge this year? And second is make sure that beneficiary is up to date. All right. That's, that's my two takeaways for the year. Awesome. Well, Todd, thanks so much for your time today. And we appreciate you and all you do to keep everyone at HFW happy. Thank Pleasure, you. Jack.